Welcome to the Harbor Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information, visit us online at www.theharborli.com. I won't go long. I've got about two and a half hours worth of stuff. So we'll get you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I was so blessed to be able to be here on Sunday and be a part of this wonderful congregation and family. It's just such a, an honor for me to be able to speak again. And uh, um, I had to pay Pastor Scott off to even just to let him let me come and speak, man. I was like, I'll do it. I'll buy it. What do you want? What do you want? And uh, he named his price, and so I took out a loan, and I'm here. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's just great to be here tonight. And uh, I really had, had sought the Lord on the message that I was supposed to speak to this campus. And... Um, and that uh, message had to do with waiting, because I know that there are a lot of people here that you are in the process of waiting for something, and you might even feel at times that God maybe has forgot, forgotten about you. Like, uh, really? Like, you're blessing everybody else, but hello, you know, you ever feel that way? And uh, so I entitled entitle the message tonight, God is working in the waiting. God is working in the waiting. And so my prayer tonight is that, number one, you see your waiting um, in a different perspective. And, and number two, that you are not panicked anymore in the waiting, but that you rest in the waiting and realize, you know what? God's got this. I'm going to be all right. You can turn to someone and say, you're going to be all right. There you go. Um, I've even I've even laid out this message differently than I normally lay a message out. So um, I'm I just kind of approached. I just want to talk a little bit. That's I want to have a talk with you, a little family talk. And so let's uh, let's get into this tonight. Uh, God is working in the waiting. A couple of thoughts I want to throw out to you that I hope stick with you. And um, you know one of the one of the thoughts is that waiting is not just something we have to do while we get what we want why we wait for what we want. It's not just it's just not like you're just waiting around doing nothing waiting for God to answer that prayer or waiting for God to to give you the breakthrough. Um, waiting is the process of becoming what God wants you to be. We we don't like the process. We don't like the journey. We love the destination. We we're very event-minded. We we want to see an event take place that changes everything. And um, God is a God of systems and, 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 a, and a God of the process. And God works in us through the process uh, so that when the breakthrough comes, when the event comes, we're ready for it. And uh, the worst thing that could happen sometimes is, is if God gave us what we were praying for and we didn't go through the process because we'd lose everything that we gained. What God does in us while we are waiting is as important as what it is we're waiting for. You understand that? Those that, uh, that wait are those that work because they know that their work is not in vain. A farmer um, waits all summer long for his crop because he's done the work, and he knows the work is done. He knows he did the right thing. He knows he did all that he could do, and he's waiting in anticipation and expectation that at the end of the summer that, that crop that he planted uh, is, is going to happen. It's going to take place. And so there's a waiting even in that regard. In our world, we tend to live by 
the motto, maybe someone has told you that, that where, where they've said, hey, don't just stand there, do something. Have you ever had someone say that? But God is telling us at times, hey, don't just do something, stand there. So you might ask, well, what do I do then while I'm waiting? Like, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to think while I'm waiting? Man, I am so glad you asked that question tonight. <laughs> In Psalm 130, David had a great handle on this. It says, this is why I wait upon you, expecting your breakthrough, for your word brings me hope. I long for you more than any watchman would long for the morning light. I will watch and wait for you, O God, throughout the night. So what David tapped into here is the fact that while you and I are waiting, we need to uh, ad adopt the mindset of a watchman. A watchman <coughs> would stand guard at night and, and protect the city that he was watching over. And, and I'm sure that about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning when you're the, when you're the most tired, you are just anticipating the sun coming up over the, the mountains, right? So that you know that your shift is over with, that, that that night was uneventful, and that you know that you can go home and get some sleep. So you're, you're anticipating the sunrise, and you know that the sun is going to rise because it does every morning. And so and in biblical times, the, uh, the, the watchman was alert, was obedient, was ready to, to respond at a moment's notice when needed. They, when, when called upon, they were ready. But the watchman understood a few things. The watchman understood the fact that, that he didn't make things happen. It wasn't him that determined whether the sun rose or not. He couldn't control that. He couldn't speed up the process of a dawning of a new day. That was God's job. A watchman understood the difference between God's job and his job. Why do I say that? Because a lot of us think that if we try harder and we do more, uh, do, do more things to kind of make this, that we're going to rush it along somehow. And that's like a watchman trying to rush along the sunrise. It's just not going to happen. What that thing is in your life that God is doing, God is doing it in his timetable, and there's nothing you can do to rush that along. In fact, if you try to do that, you'll probably frustrate everything. Here's something I want you to remember. The person who waits on God loses no time. You know, we get asked uh, all the time, and I, I want to share a story. I'm not going to tell you who it was, but the story of someone that we had seen come to know the Lord, and, um, and uh, this young lady uh, was, was, was panicking because uh, her desire was to have a family and to uh, to get married to a godly man and have a family and that everything was going to go good. But I remember, I remember so many times this person saying, but my biological clock is ticking. She was under that pressure, you know, thinking if, if, if God doesn't do this now, it's never going to happen. And um, I remember uh, my wife and I told her, listen, um, I, we want you to take one year and we want you to just consecrate yourself unto the Lord. Don't date anybody. Just, just dedicate yourself unto God. Don't get distracted with relationships. Just, just see what God's going to do. And at the, and, and the one-year point, almost exactly one year to the week, she met her husband. And one year after that, 
they were married, and a year after that, they had their baby. And, and she comes to me all the time and says, Pastor, the one thing I learned is that God is a redeemer of the time. And so don't panic if you're getting older and you're like, man, everyone else is getting married. They're having families. What about me? You know, relax. If God stands outside of time and God's a redeemer of time, he can make things happen so fast. But maybe there's maybe you're not ready. Maybe there's some things that aren't ready in your life. So my job, my job while I while I wait is to be a watchman, to have a watchman's mindset that I'm confident that God is indeed going to do what he said he was going to do. And I don't have to second guess him. I don't have to question him. There's a there's a prophet in the Old Testament. And I sometimes I don't know if I pronounce it right or everyone else pronounces it wrong. I think I pronounce it right. But his name is I call him Habakkuk. A lot of people call him Habakkuk. I like Habakkuk better, don't you? That's a better way to say it. It's kind of smooth. Habakkuk. Habakkuk. That's just kind of, I don't like it. So <coughs> when we get to heaven, we find out that everyone else was wrong, and I was right. I was the only one right. <laughs> but he was asking some questions, this prophet. And um, how many know it's okay to ask God questions? You don't rattle him by asking him questions. He's the answer. And, and he, he can answer anything that he chooses to answer. And uh, uh, so this is this, these were the questions that Habakkuk asked. He said, what, what's God going to, to say to my questions? I'm braced for the worst. I'll climb to the lookout tower and scan the horizon. I'll wait to see what God says and how he'll answer my complaint. And I love this next verse. And then God answered, write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run, this vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait, and it doesn't lie. It may, if it seems slow in coming, wait, it's on its way. It will come right on time. Yeah. Someone, you know, when it talks about your heart aching for it to happen, some of you, you just look in the mirror and they go, oh, I just ache for that mate. Look at this. This is all going to waste. I could be such a blessing to someone's life. God, they're missing out. They're really missing out. This isn't fair to them. I, I'm here to lay my life down for. Some of you are laughing, but man, you're like, yeah, who told him I was doing that? You know, I don't know, I don't know who told him. You know, uh, we get, we get hung up on the waiting. And, and, and Peter wrote um, a scripture, and, and, and this, this kind of freaks people out. And it said something like, a day to the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. That, I mean, that, that's pretty cool, but then that can stress you out a little bit when you're waiting. And, and, and so there was this money guy, this, this, uh, this, this uh, stockbroker or financial advisor or whatever, I don't know, investor. He, he had read that verse. He got really excited, and he prayed one day. And, and him and God had a conversation, and he thought he was, he was just going to be so slick and so, so clever. And, and so he said, Lord, is it true that a thousand years for us is just like one minute to you? And God said, yes. He said, then a million dollars to us must be like a penny to you. The Lord said, yes. And he said, look, would you give me one of those pennies? 
And God said, all right, if you'll wait here a minute. <laughs> Some of you, when you're laying in bed tonight, you go, I get it. I get why everyone was laughing. I didn't know why everyone was laughing, but I get it now. In your waiting, there is actually something happening while nothing is happening. There is something happening while nothing is happening. God uses your waiting to change you. It's probably one of the greatest uh, teaching tools that God has to teach us patience, to teach us long-suffering, to teach us all those qualities that he talks about uh, is, is waiting. And I'll tell you, um, we, we all love waiting so much. It's just amazing wh- how, you know, why we don't talk about it more. We just love it. But waiting is tough, isn't it? Because you just, you, you start to question, like, is this actually going to happen or not? And I feel like um, people who don't wait really can miss out on God's best for their lives. And so thinking about Jesus and um, after he rose from the dead and he was with, with man for 40 days, and then we, we know that story where he's on a mountain and he's getting ready to ascend to the Father, and he, he gathers his followers together on this mountain. And I want to I pick it up right there because there's something about this story that's provocative to me. And it says when, um, it says, after the sufferings of the cross, uh, Jesus appeared alive many times to these same apostles over a 40-day period. Jesus proved to them um, with many convincing signs that he had been resurrected. During these encounters, he taught them the truths of God's kingdom realm and shared meals with them. Jesus instructed them, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait. Wait here until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift the Father has promised. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And every time they were gathered together, they asked Jesus, Lord, is it the time now for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And he answered, the Father is the one who sets the fixed dates and times of their fulfillment. You are not permitted to know the timing of all that he has prepared by his own authority. And that's, that's where we struggle because we don't understand it all. But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power and you will be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant provinces, and even the remotest places on the earth. And right after he spoke those words, the disciples saw Jesus lift into the sky and disappear into a cloud. And as they stared into the sky, watching Jesus ascend, two men in white robes suddenly appeared beside them. And they told the startled disciples, Galileans, why are you staring up into the sky? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but he will come back the same way that you saw him ascend. Unbelievable picture there. They're just standing there watching like, whoa, did you guys see that? So in 1 Corinthians, I want you to get a little context of the group that was there. 1 Corinthians 15 says he was seen by Peter and then by the 12. And after that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time. So it's it's pretty certain there was there were over 500 people there that witnessed this. Right. Say 500. So when you flip over to Acts chapter two. 
And we read that story about Jesus being in the upper room and the day of Pentecost came and the Holy Spirit came down and his power filled everybody. And it was just an incredible time. Um, does anyone remember how many it says was in the upper room? 120. So my question is, what happened to the other 380 people? They couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. The ones that waited experienced what God had promised. And they left that upper room, and they went out into the streets, and that day by noon, God had multiplied that group to over a 3,000-member church in three hours' time. That's a 2,500% church growth increase. What am I saying? I'm saying that if you don't wait, there's a good chance you're going to miss out on what God wants to do in you and through you and around you. There's, there's profit in the waiting. God is working in the waiting. When I was a um, fairly young minister, there, <laughs> there was a day when I was a young man, and um, uh, it was in the early 90s, I remember, and um, my wife and I had been on staff at our church for about six and a half years, seven years, and uh, we were feeling the, the tug uh, of, of moving out. Uh, the, the, only thing I can, the only way I can explain it when God, in the ministry, when God moves you from one place to another, because every place that we've ever been at, we've said, we're going to be here the rest of our lives. But then there's this um, divine dissatisfaction that you start to feel. It's not like there's anything wrong, but you just start to feel like the grace lifts. And, you know, we were feeling that. And I, I just had a passion to pastor my own church. I just wanted to be a pastor and wanted to, you know, go out and I wanted to plant. I wanted to start from nothing and just do it. And um, so uh, this couple that we knew invited us to dinner one night. And there was this little town called Durand. It was just a little farming community. Um, it had been around for a long time. It had a right down Main Street was a set of railroad tracks. And the, and the, the Grand Trunk Railroad would come through with the coal cars. And it, it, was, it was one of those picture-perfect communities. Everyone had a picket fence. All the shrubs were... You know, it was just like middle America, just awesome. And we had dinner at this house at the parsonage of, of, of this pastor and his wife, and they showed us the little church. It was a little, little white church with a steeple and hedges around it, and the little parsonage was, was like an old farmhouse that was fixed up. It was a beautiful setting. And after dinner, he said, well, we, the reason why we called you over is because we have been called somewhere else, and we'd like to offer you this church, if you'd like to put your name in it, um, it would, you know, you could probably get it. And man, my wife and I were really excited. And I, that's all I could think about for a few days, just pastoring that church and how that how cool it would be to ha raise our kids there. And it would just be awesome. And I went and talked with my boss, my senior pastor. And um, and I, I guess I was stupid enough to think he'd be excited like I was. <laughs> and as I shared it with him, he got real quiet and he says, nope, you're not ready. It's not the will of God for your life. It's not right. <laughs> and I remember I was like, what? And I got, you know, something rose up inside me, you know, like I was going to fight that, you know. And, and I went, I left the office, and I don't remember how long it was. I actually went back. might have been a day or two. And I remember I said to him, I said, listen, I don't agree with you because I feel like I am ready, and I know the, the passion inside of me is burning, but um, because you're my spiritual leader, my, my spiritual father, I'm going to submit to what you said, even though I don't agree with it, because I know that if 
if I'm right and you're wrong, God's going to get me out of it anyway. But I'm going to submit to you. And it was three years later um, until we three years later until we left to come east. Now, the, the great thing about it, hindsight, when you look in your rearview mirror, it's really clear, isn't it? <laughs> 2020 vision in, in your hindsight. Had we have went at that time and taken that church, I am probably 100% certain that we would have never ended up out east, which means we would have never ended up here. You know, my, my, my son would have married my daughter-in-law because he w- he, we, we would have been somewhere else. We would have we been pastoring this little church in middle America, and, and our, my path would have taken a drastically different route. I'm so glad I waited. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I didn't rush it and, and, and panic and think, oh, if I don't get this one, nothing else will come along. And, and the journey, the process has been amazing for us. I'm so glad that I listened to good counsel. As I close tonight, I want to just um, share with you an illustration that, that and it is true, I've, I've looked it up, I've researched it. Um, it's, it's a pretty powerful illustration. There's a there's a tree. It's actually considered a grass. You know, bamboo is considered grass, believe it or not, and so uh, a form of grass. And and so there's a there's a tree called the Chinese bamboo tree. It's one of the most remarkable plants on earth. And 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 this is what's remarkable about about it. Once the gardener plants the seed for the bamboo tree, he will see nothing but a single little shoot, less than an inch high. For five years, he'll water it, he'll fertilize it, but it'll never grow any more than that. He'll just see the little green sprout coming up. That's all he'll see for five years. At the end of the five-year period, the Chinese bamboo shoot uh, tree will, will perform an incredible feat. It will grow 90 feet tall in 90 days. That's three feet, that's three feet every 24 hours or one inch every 40 minutes. They get, they get to be about 24 to 30 inches in diameter in just, in just five or six weeks. Scientists have researched it and they've discovered that in that five-year period when all they see is that little sprout, the bamboo tree has a very fibrous root system that, that spreads and um, it's undetectable from the surface, but underneath it's spreading and it's, it's getting its roots ready so to sustain the growth that happens after the five-year mark. I want to ask you a, a, just a, a question here, and I want you to think about this, and I want you to think about your own life as you answer this question. How long did it take for that bamboo tree to grow 90 feet tall? Was it 90 days or was it five years? <laughs> man, Scott, Senator Richard would have passed that one in flying colors, man. What are you teaching these people over here? <laughs> you guys just blew the whole punchline. Like I was leading up to this, and I thought, aha, this moment, and you guys at 90 days. It's five years. That, that, it took that tree five years to grow 90 feet tall. Now, the first five years, you didn't see anything. The last 90 days, you saw it. But it was growing the whole time. 
You guys ruined it. You just ruined it. <laughs> I'm done. Forget it. No. <laughs> so my point is this. Something's happening when nothing's happening. Don't, don't, get, don't get caught up with what you can't see or, or with what you don't perceive or what you don't feel. Don't get caught up in that because I promise you something's happening in the unseen that's going to sustain you when your life just goes. <laughs> and if it wasn't for that period of the unseen growth, you wouldn't be able to handle the whole thing. And so the way I want to close this tonight is um, I believe if uh, you guys can start any time. I mean, I got an appointment tomorrow morning, so just whenever you want to start, whatever. Man, oh, man, we're struggling here tonight, are we not? (laughs) This will probably be the last time I get to speak here in about a year, so love you guys. God bless you. I'm going to go find another church. Um, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, this is the way I want to end it tonight. I, I feel, um, I know we've had fun tonight, but man, this is a pretty serious matter for some. There's people that are hurting and people that are, your faith has been rattled. Your faith has been shaken. And you're like, man, I don't know if God's faithful. I, I don't know that. <laughs> and so tonight, this is the way I'd like to close out is um, if, if you have been in a season of waiting for something, You've been in a season where it seems like the wait has been a long wait. And, and you've been a little discouraged maybe. You've been a little anxious. You've been a little tired of the wait. And tonight you'd like to just recognize that and just say, God, I, you know, I, I want to be vulnerable and real with you. Yeah, I've, I, this wait has been long. I need something from you tonight. I need for you to speak to me. I need for you to encourage me. I need for you to empower me to be able to wait and wait well. If that's you tonight, if you could do me a favor, just right where you're at, those that are in a season of waiting and you just really need to hear from God, you need to, you need to touch God tonight to help you with that season. Just right where you're at, just stand right where you're at. If you're in that season of waiting and you need God to do something in your life, just stand. I want to pray for you guys. Because I know God is faithful. Father, I just pray that you would just perform a deep work tonight in every person who has stood to their feet that has acknowledged the fact that they've been waiting and that they, they're not sure if you're still going to do what you promised them. And I just pray, God, tonight that you would empower them and strengthen them and give them what they need to be able to wait well. Give them what they need to be able to finish this season with excellence so that when that period is over and the growth is rapid, the growth is exponential, that that they will be able to handle it because of the inner workings that you've accomplished in them. So I just pray tonight for encouragement. I pray tonight, God, that you would renew and refresh their vision. Remind them 
of your promises over their lives. Remind them that you are a God that does what you say and you say what you do. God, you, you, you are a God that knows the answer before we even ask the question. So, Lord, I just pray for a grace tonight to wait and to wait well. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we all stand and let's just go to the Lord tonight and let's just worship him and let's thank him. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you would like to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus today, visit us online at www.theharborli.com backslash next step.